This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 26th, 2022. Birth of the Church, Fresh Fire. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Today, we finish our series, The Birth of the Church. We've been in the book of Acts and uh, looked at how uh, Christianity grew because of the power of the Holy Spirit, despite a lot of challenges. Um, So we're going to pick up where we left off last week and look closer at our guy named Saul, also known as Paul, and the fresh fire that he brings to the situation. Well, good morning again. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Mighty God, thank you for gathering us together, one church, many locations. Settle us in wherever we are. And we pray that this message based on the book of Acts chapter 9 would be transformative, would make a difference in our lives, would give us food for thought so that we can go out into your mission field stronger and realizing the power of the Holy Spirit that goes before us. Thank you for Saul, who became Paul, and the uh, witness that he was, and the books in the Bible that he wrote. And we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We pray this in your name. Amen. Acts 9, verses 1 to 2, New International Version. Meanwhile, Saul was still still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So here we have Saul. We've been talking about Saul the last few weeks. He wants these followers of Jesus, and they're called the followers of the way. Now let's just push pause for a minute. Do you remember when Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So makes sense, the people of the way. And so he is after them, and he is ready to throw them in prison and do worse because he wants Christianity to stop. This man is on a mission. He's on a murderous mission, a mission to clear out Jesus' followers once and for all. Acts 9, 3 through 6, NIV. As he neared Damascus on his journey... Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. do." That had to be pretty unexpected. Wow, riding along. A flash of light from heaven, he gets knocked off his horse, falls to the ground, he hears the voice calling him by name. By name, that's pretty significant, God knows all of our names. He is called by name, but Saul is not really sure who this is, no idea, he says, who are you? And the last thing he expects is the answer that he gets. 
I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And then he is told to get up and go into the city and wait for further instructions. Pretty strange, isn't it? Pretty strange. And yet this is what happened, and for good reason. This man Saul, getting a lot of attention, a lot of attention, He's the chief enforcer, the influencer, the main guy when it comes to putting these Christians in their place. What better person to select to have a complete 180, total changeover, an absolute about face? Who better for God to select than the one who is the poster child for putting the crunch on the way? Who better to have completely turned upside down, inside out? Who better to have asking, what in the world have I gotten myself into? Who better? The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand to Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Can you imagine being one of the men traveling with Saul? (laughs) They heard the sounds, but they didn't see anybody. Saul got up from the ground, but couldn't open his eyes. He was temporarily blinded. He had to be led into town. He could see absolutely nothing nothing. Three days of blindness. Three days. Not eating, not drinking. Three days. Have you ever had three days of uncertainty where it just felt like a fog? You weren't really sure what was going on when you were in the middle of that kind of three days or five days or a week or a month. We, it just feels like it goes in slow-mo, doesn't it? It's like, when will this be over? And Saul was blinded, and he had no idea that it was going to be just three days. So here he is blind. He had sight one day, and just like that, it was gone the next. Mm. Okay, so this is a movie. At this point, the camera switches to a completely different scene. This scene takes place in Damascus, not with Saul, but with a guy named Ananias. Say Ananias. Three times. No, I'm kidding. Um, Ananias. So um, the Lord calls to him, Ananias, in a vision. So in this vision, Jesus tells Ananias about Saul and the harm he's done. And he tells Ananias to go to the house of Judas. It's a different Judas than Judas Iscariot. And this particular Judas lives on Straight Street. Say that five times. Yeah. And he is told to go to this house and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul who is praying. Now, I'm guessing at this point, the Lord really has Saul's attention because he's praying. 
And as Saul is praying, Saul too has a vision. So we've got Ananias who's had a vision from God and Saul who's having a vision from God. And Saul's vision was of Ananias coming to him to place hands on him, restoring his sight. So we have these two visions. The one Ananias received was more than he wants to hear. Probably more than we would want to hear if we were in his shoes or in his sandals. He, he, he speaks to the Lord saying he's heard about this Saul character and the authority that Saul's been given to destroy anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel, the Jews. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Well, when we read a lot of the rest of the New Testament, we do in fact see how he suffers for the name of the Jesus. So Ananias, he was obedient. He went to the house where Saul was. He entered the house and was told that, uh, and he told Saul that Jesus sent him so that he might see again, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately is what scripture says, immediately. Immediately the scales fall off of Saul's eyes and he could see. He got up, he was baptized. Now, that baptism was a, a sign of Saul's conversion, that he was all out for Christ, that he had faith in Jesus. He is a new man. Mm -hmm. So he spent a few days in Damascus, and verse 20 tells us, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Wow. All those who heard him were astonished. Isn't this the man who who raised havoc in Jerusalem? Didn't he come here to take prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful, proving that Jesus was the Messiah. You can imagine there were some skeptics. Was this guy for real? Was he sincere? With each passing day, the followers were more and more convinced that Saul truly was a follower of Jesus Christ, that Jesus had found him and was alive and well and dwelling in this man's soul. So Saul gets to Jerusalem. You know, that's where, where the temple is. The, he gets to Jerusalem and he tries to join the disciples. Hmm. Right. They were afraid of him. Uh, I mean, everybody knew about this guy. They were afraid of him, and they didn't really believe that he was, the, the Bible says that he was a disciple. A disciple means a follower of Jesus. So they didn't believe that he was the real deal. So we try to put ourselves in the disciples' places. Have you ever known someone or been in a relationship where there's just reasons to not trust what they're saying or or what they're doing. Oh, my behavior is going to change. This is going to change. And you're like, yeah, sure. sure. I, I think I need a little time to see it. Well, 
that's how it feels like disciples might have responded, like, mm, I'm not so sure about this guy. And so they weren't really trustful with Saul. And then you have Barnabas. Barnabas, the encourager. Follower of Jesus, and he helped pave the way. He, he brought Saul to the disciples, and he told them what had happened, that the Lord had spoken to Saul. He, he told them how Saul preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus when he was in Damascus. He, it's not said in Scripture, but the Holy Spirit must have given the disciples some peace about this because Saul stayed with them and began boldly preaching Jesus in Jerusalem. For some of the Jews, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, some of the Jews tried to kill him, though. Some of the Jews in that town tried to kill him. Verse 30 tells us, when the believers uh, learn of this, they, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. That's his hometown. Christianity in the church was getting stronger and stronger and increasing in number. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Here we have the disciples scared to death of Saul, and then they, it had to be the Holy Spirit that revealed to them because it happened fairly quickly. And then it's like, yeah, come stay with me. Wouldn't you be afraid to go to sleep? But no. And then when they heard that he was being attacked by other Jews and possibly, you know, they tried to kill him, now they're protecting him. It's like, let's get out of the city so you can keep on doing your thing, which is exactly what Saul did. Because we see in the New Testament, like Corinthians, Thessalonians, Galatians, those are all churches that Saul planted. And so Christianity was spreading. And this is quite a story. Quite a story. But we always have to ask, so what? Great story. So what? What does this have to do with us today? With us as individuals, as believers, as people who maybe are thinking, should I believe? You know, what is all this stuff? Or us as a church? It's still me. Okay. <laughs> Seemed like a good break right there, Alan. But anyway. It was. Here's the thing. Here's what's important. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. When he shows up, it's all different. All different. Everything. Saul was going in one very dangerous direction. We talked about this last week. He approved the stoning of Stephen. Remember, Stephen was the first martyr for the faith. He approved that. He's hunting down Christians by going house to house, pulling them out, throwing them in prison for their faith. And then Jesus shows up. Bam! He is different. He hears Jesus. And his direction is changed. Saul was a new guy. Blind for three days. That time must have been very interesting because he had to be completely dependent and focused, you know, not being able to see. And it seems like he used that time after he heard Jesus' voice to get all in, to commit. So three days. We found it really interesting that he was blind for three days. Interesting 
Because as we think about three days, isn't that how long Jesus was in the tomb? Three days before he resurrected? So I don't, we don't know if Saul's three-day correlation has to do with Jesus' three-day, but it just seems interesting. Hmm, something to think about. Three days for Saul to have a change of heart, to have a change of direction, three days to have a change of spirit. Three days, during those three days, he was off the grid. Isn't it good to get off the grid sometimes and just kind of re, revamp, refocus, refresh? Yeah, three days to do that. And in, that, in those three days, he came to realize that Jesus was his Lord and Savior. That Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. That Jesus was the risen Christ who came to save, that he was the one who came to serve, that he came to deliver people, that he came to save people and free people. And Saul spent the rest of his life sharing that. No matter what people did to him, no matter what he heard was going to happen, he gave it all, ultimately, his very life for the sake of Jesus Christ, to share the good news. Hmm. You know, there's different ways we get knocked down, get knocked off the horse, whatever we're riding, and uh, like knocked down and blinded. For, for me, it was um, 27 years ago, and I had an important decision to make. I could continue to play it safe just as I was, no major changes. That would have been simple. Or I could listen to Jesus and follow him. It would have been easy to stay right where I was, making good money, doing something I liked. It wasn't like I wasn't serving at church, teaching the little guys there on Sundays, teaching an adult Sunday school class, working with the youth, Sunday evening. All day Sunday I was tied up. That was just Sunday, then I was on committees, Bible study, job I had really enjoyed. Man, really enjoyed, but something was missing. Something was missing. Mm. There's this hole in my soul. Wow, I was right. <laughs> an emptiness. And, yeah, um, we, we had it all. Yeah. But you can have it all, but yeah. not give it all. So realizing it was a call to a vocational ministry, I walked through that door. Um, and I'm sure some people felt at the time it was um, not good timing because Carrie was in seminary. We had four kids. The timing on the one level, could not have been worse. Yeah, it kind of probably felt I was a little selfish, self-centered. But I think the timing was crucial because that timing allowed us to see God in action. Um, my decision meant we might possibly have to sell our house, the beautiful house we built. Um, my income cut by more than 50%. 
Yet I left and we never looked back. And there were times when we wondered, <laughs> what in the world were we doing? Because at times things did not go smoothly. But you know, God is always faithful. And we never lacked. We never obviously went without food and uh, our bills somehow always got paid. Miraculously. Sometimes it was the last minute <laughs> there was got paid, and we learned to depend on God, not on ourselves. And what's even better is um, not just Karen Allen, but our four kids learned to trust the Holy So it just occurred to me at that particular time in our life, the lack of safety of that decision. Like we didn't wait until, you know, we had a retirement income coming in to make that or, you know, it was two kids going to college, two more, and that happened. So we did have to be completely dependent. But that's the way it needed to be, to be all in, because God actually, we didn't know about this church at that time, but that's what it was going to take for even the next step to be church planters. And I am so grateful, as hard as it was, that, um, Alan, you, I was one of your adversaries, that you uh, walked through that door. <laughs> yes. So the question is, what about you? What about you? How do you relate to the story that we've just shared in Acts chapter 9? It's a really dramatic story. This is like drama at its highest. But it brings up some questions as we think about this. Um, am I obedient to Christ? Do I allow the Holy Spirit to get, you know, guide decisions? Am I willing to step out in faith even when it's not comfortable or even when it's scary if God's directing that path? Um, you know, our, my story is not your story. It's not your story. We all have our own stories. So the question is, how do you relate to this? To this? We, we don't know how that is for you. Could it be that you may be called to serve as a godly example somewhere where it's not easy, where God wants you to lift up instead of tear down. God wants you to encourage rather than berate. Maybe you're experiencing all that around you, but God wants you to be a positive light versus maybe darkness around you. Or to share your faith, to walk through the door and share faith. I had a phone call with somebody two weeks ago, and she I didn't know her, and she was lamenting about uh, her health. And then she gave me some good news. And I happened to say, thank you, Jesus, like on the phone. And I'm like, whoo, that was kind of weird to say that to this woman that I didn't know. And then I said, hang on for a second. I just need to tell you, when I said thank you, Jesus, that wasn't a throwaway line. That was like, I'm really thanking Jesus for this information that you just gave me because I'm a Christian. And she goes, oh, well, you need to pray for me then. Like, now that was a throwaway line, I think. So I said, okay. Almighty God, thank you for Mary Lou. And she went on, I went on and on and prayed for her health and prayed for her job and all the stress. She was crying when we were done. But I don't know, just be bold. 
Be bold. What is it that God's calling you to do? Perhaps you have prayed and you've read the scripture and you're sensing a nudge, but the status quo is easier and you just want to stay with the flow. Um, maybe you're feeling a little discontentment. You don't know what that's all about. And so it's about leaning in, pressing in, pressing in. I don't know what it is for you. But God has a purpose and a plan for Acts chapter 9 for each one of us. Yeah, the Bible speaks to each of us differently, individually. So we encourage you to go back, read Acts chapter 9, and ask God, um, what do you want? <laughs> seek, seek God. Seek what he wants to speak to you through his word there. You know, the word of God, the people of God. Believe it, live it. Most holy God. Uh, this is quite a message you've given us here. A 180, a complete turnaround. Saul, who's taken out Christians, now he's the champion of the faith. What do you want us to do, God? What do you want us to do? How do you want us to be your spokesperson, words, actions, both. Lord, please speak to us. Please help us to be open to what you tell us. Please help us to be obedient to what you say. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we ask this day, and all those gathered said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.